Hello, hello, and welcome to another podcast episode of Overpowering Emotions, where I talk all things big emotions, emotion regulation, anxiety management, resilience. Today, I'm going to be talking about just general ideas to help kiddos transition back to school and make that as successful as we can, because it can be a significant challenge for a lot of kiddos and for parents as well. The key to any success, of course, is to collaborate with children. That's going to be really important, or teens, whoever you it is that you have. So we want to make sure that um, your kiddos actually see you as collaborator, not a nagger. That's going to make all the difference in the world. So that's going to be important now, but also in the future, that we are collaborating. We are not nagging or telling you what to do especially if you've got an anxious kiddo, right? It can be really helpful to start off. Um, like I said, last week, I was talking about managing those back-to-school worries. We really need to make sure that they feel uh, heard and understood, that we're validating and normalizing their feelings, right? So making sure that you know exactly how they're feeling about going back to school, that can really help you. So Things to ask your kids, there's a few that you might want to is, you know, what would you like your schedule to look like? They might not have any control over that, but could be important just to think about, you know, what their what um, classes they're looking forward to, right? What teachers they're looking forward to seeing. You can ask, how can I help you with going back to school? What can we do to celebrate the first day? right? What can we do to help make all of the mornings go as smooth as possible and we can leave really happy? Um, Sorry if the noise, I'm just going to make a little disclaimer. There are huge trucks going by me nonstop, unfortunately. So hopefully it's not being picked up. Um, On that note, though, it can be great to just get your kids to thinking about goals for themselves for the school year. And and the goals could be academic, right? Um, But it could be personal goals or social goals just to boost their motivation and confidence. What are things that they want to work on? If they're not in place, we definitely want to start establishing the the structure and making routines as automatic as possible. All kids thrive on structure, on predictable routines, consistency. So having a consistent schedule uh, for waking up, for meals, those kind of go by the wayside during the summertime. So we want to make sure we're implementing those again, right? But you also want to start implementing a homework time, a bedtime. All of those things are going to be important to adjust to the school routine. It should really be maintained through summer, ideally, and even the homework stuff. Maybe it's just, you know, the dedicated reading time or a dedicated learning time. If you haven't maintained regular wake up bedtime times, start now, start doing that. If they're going to bed at 10, maybe, but their normal bedtime is eight, start boosting that up in increments, right? You really want to start that now. You don't want to all of a sudden start the first day of school. Um, Earlier than later is better. It can be really helpful to, you know, that last week leading up to school to make it as close of a schedule, you know, snack time, lunch time, all of those kinds of things as possible. You might even want to do mini dress rehearsals for some kiddos, right? What what can we start building into the day, you know, things that our kids can already be doing so that they can structure their environment to make those routines as automatic as possible? So for me, you know, we, they don't even want to, we want to make it so they don't even think about it. So for me, I never even think about it. I just put the floss right next to the counter 
So when I sit down on the toilet for my morning pee, I see my floss right there. And so I'm just flossing, you know, while I pee. And so I don't even think about it. It's just there. I've set up the environment. So what are those little things that we can start establishing now to make them so automatic and structuring our environment so it becomes so automatic that, you know, it's not a problem for a kiddo. So if they take medications, maybe their medication is right there. So when they're morning pee, they're like, oh yeah, I just need to take that. Or it's right there whenever they're going to go have their cereal. It's, it's you know, part of their morning breakfast routine. Um, are there other things that you can do to establish now, like leaving to go to school? You know, maybe it's going to school ritual that you have. Maybe they're listening to music as they get ready. That can be great anyway with time management. So knowing I should be able to get dressed in two songs. I should be able to brush my teeth in one song. Um, So having some sort of morning ritual that they could start doing now anyways, they should be brushing their teeth every day, even in the summertime. So maybe they could start doing that. Maybe a goodbye ritual too. It could be a special handshake or it could be a five second squeeze. For me, I do my oxytocin hugs. And so it's a nine Mississippi hug that we always do, even with my 16 year old daughter, who's going into grade 12. So we can look at those types of things. Kids do best with with the structure, with the routines, and when they explicitly understand whatever expectations we have. So maybe we're brainstorming a list of everything that they're expected to do in the morning, for example, to get ready for school. Do they have to pack a lunch for, for themselves in the morning? Do they need to bring an agenda or their water bottle, right? What are those things that they are going to be responsible to do for themselves? How can we start building in some of those things now? Do they, at the end of the day, have to unpack their backpack? Do they have to do their homework as soon as they get home? So brainstorm all of those things, your expectations or things that they think of as well. And once you brainstorm your list, you can collaborate with your kiddos so that they can start focusing on one thing to make it so automatic that they don't even think of it anymore. So if we can, like I said, if we make things so automatic, we reduce some of the stress, we reduce some of that rushing in the morning, and and, and we know rushing only makes anxiety worse. So with lunches, maybe it's as I make my breakfast, I'm also making lunch. They could be doing that for the summer now, even practicing. Maybe it's as we clean up dinner, at the end of the day, I'm making my lunch for tomorrow, right? So it's looking at those kinds of pieces. So The key to success for all of us, but for kids as well, is is just setting up a system for them that's going to work for themselves. We are not going to tell them what to do. Maybe right now in the summer, we're experimenting. Let's try making our lunch as we're cleaning up dinner. Let's try making lunch as we're, you know, making our breakfast as well. So they need to figure out what's actually going to help for them. What works for you might not work for them, right? And then, you know, if, if you're always telling them your system and what you want them to do, you're going to always keep reminding them. So if you're getting frustrated because you keep reminding your kiddo to brush their teeth every morning, well, guess what? You're going to continue to have to remind them to brush their teeth in the morning because they've never set up a system for themselves to remember themselves, right? So it's ultimately, we can do the brainstorming, we can be a guide, but it's ultimately up to them to figure out 
how they're going to get the job done, when they're going to get that job done, right? And now let's experiment to see what works for them. So there's lots of different things that we can include in a schedule. So think about your own like mornings from last year. What has been really stressful that we need to work on? What are some other things that we can look at too? Maybe it's um, putting their clothes in the bathroom the night before so that they can get dressed as soon as they go to the bathroom. Maybe doing tasks room by room by room. I know a lot of kiddos, you know, they'll leave their room, they'll go to the bathroom to go pee, but then they're downstairs and now they might be eating breakfast, but now they've got a device and now they got to go back to the bathroom and do the stuff that they need to do in the bathroom to get ready. And then they got to go back to their bedroom to do all the things like they're just all over the place, but maybe you're doing all of the things by room. So if you start your day in the room, maybe you're doing all the bedroom tasks first. Maybe you do have to go to the bathroom. So you do your bathroom tasks first, then we come back to the bedroom, whatever it looks like. So bedroom tasks, it's getting dressed. If they have to make their bed, you know, if you're fighting them to get dressed and brush their teeth, I don't know why you would also want to fight with them to make their bed. But if that's part of the expectations, then that's okay. That's a bedroom task. Then maybe it's a kitchen task, right? So I got to eat breakfast. I got to make my lunch. So now they're thinking in categories. That's way easier than item by item by item by item. It's about the room. What else in this room do I need to do? Then maybe the bathroom tasks. I got to brush my hair and brush my teeth. So minimizing the amount of remembering that kiddos have to do and the effort that they have to do, like traveling back and forth from room to room to room can be really helpful. So that's just one idea. Naming some of the regular routines, you know, so it could be um, uh, eight o'clock lunch packing, or it could be Tuesday folding laundry, right? Um, Changing sheets Sunday, you could just have something like that where you're naming some of those routines. So it's like, oh yeah, um, I know in my house, cartoons, we always had cartoons Saturday morning before there was streaming and, you know, the only time you could watch your favorite cartoons for Saturday morning, but we had our Saturday morning chores that we had to do before we could do those cartoons. So it was just part of that ritual. Uh, getting organized is really helpful. So designating very specific areas that always, this will always and forever be this thing, right? Maybe there's zones or bins for specific things. So for example, as soon as we get home, you know, I, part of my ADHD brain, if I don't put it in the exact same spot every single time, I'm going to lose my keys and my phone. So as soon as I get in, I have a shelf right when I walk in the door, that's where they go. Whenever they're not there, I'm just at a loss because I can never find them, right? But right there they go. Put your lunch kit always by the sink or in the sink or whatever it is. Put your phone on the kitchen counter, whatever that is. So it's just looking at those are the zones or the bins or the areas. Now, as kids work on these things, we want to mark success because that's really important too. We don't want to just snag them and just expect them to do it and then only ever acknowledge when they haven't done something. So pick one thing to focus on and start building success. We want to start establishing routine and success with that routine. So don't pick everything. If you want them to be able to get dressed on their own, maybe now they're getting dressed on their own, right? They wake up and get dressed. Once completed, you know, maybe they have a a daily 
checklist or something that they could check off. They We want them to be motivated by it though too, but something, some sort of literally just making a check mark, physically, manually making a check mark is really motivating for the brain. It actually helps that brain feel like, yeah, I, I accomplished something and it can help build momentum, especially if they see a lot of X's in a row, right? Or, or X's, I mean, I often talk about writing an X on a calendar if you've always already done something, but it could be a check mark as well. You don't want to break the chain. I've got 30 in a row. Actually, a great example is I'm doing Duolingo right now. I'm learning Spanish. I'm trying to learn Spanish. And I've got my streak. I'm on like day 48 streak and I don't want to break my streak. So those kind of things and start really building momentum and builds motivation for them. Once they become really automatic where kids don't even need to think about what they need to do, they're saving a lot of brain power for more important parts of their day. Learning. We don't want to waste all their brain power, just stressing getting in the morning, right? So we want to just focus on one routine now in the summertime that they can start doing. Once they've got that automaticity, you're not nagging them and all of those things, then you can start looking at another routine. So which one thing would make all the difference in the morning for you in the world? Um, So those are kind of getting ready in the morning routines, but there's lots of different things that we could be looking at. One that I think is really important to start establishing now, because I see so many adults struggle with it, is a self-care routine. I think we always leave this to the wayside, and I don't think we often think about kids developing their own self-care routine then that's so much harder as adults if they never had it. If, if we instill these habits and routines now before they get into the young adult, they transition to adulthood, it becomes so ingrained that it's so much easier for them. You know, exercising every day, self-care, reading every day, all of those things, if we can entrench it now before they make that transition. And so if you got teenagers, you still have you still have time. It's going to be way easier for them. They're not going to have lifelong struggles trying to figure out how to work out in the morning or whatever it is, right? It's so much harder to get into the groove when we're overwhelmed, when we're stressed. So once we're back into the fall stress, what can we do now, right? To to start setting aside regular time for our kiddos to engage in things that are rejuvenating. It could be hobbies. It could be exercise. It could be spending time with friends, anything that's rejuvenating, uh, rejuvenating rejuvenating, it's reducing their stress, it's promoting their overall well-being. I'm going to tell you right now, anything with the screen is not rejuvenating. That does not count. We always feel like, oh, I had a stressful day. I just need to unwind. I'm going to turn on Netflix. That is not rejuvenating. It might feel like it is, but do not count that as self-care. So good to role model all of this yourselves as well. Okay. So I think that that's really important. Um, one thing we definitely all know, and I can't stress enough, and you know, I would maybe put this at the top of your priority if it wasn't something you were thinking about is sleep. That is critical to everyone's success and especially our kiddos who are learning all day. So with schools around the corner, it's so important to get our kiddos back into regular routines around the sleep if you haven't been on one already. And I know I already talked about it. So like I said before, just even if you're adjusting the bedtime wake up time a little bit, you know, even if it's 10 minutes. 15 minute increments. If you can, ideally two weeks before we are back into their normal school sleep patterns before school starts. For sure, one week, ideally at least two. Ideally, it never changed really at the end of the day. So really establishing a solid bedtime routine. 
ideally no screens two hours before bed, dimming those lights that hour before, creating a relaxed atmosphere right before, all of those things are going to be really important. So start thinking about that. I know it's hard in the summertime when the days are still long, right? And we're still out and about, but as much as you can, that's going to be really important. Um, I mentioned screen time on the screen time front. If you haven't yet, monitor screen time. Set firm limits on any of their recreational screen time use. Make sure that they're having enough time for physical activity, doing something creative, doing their reading, social interactions. If they're doing journaling or any uh, chores or anything else that you have, make sure that those are a priority first. Start reining in the screen time now. You don't want to add that stress of reining things in as they're transitioning back to school. Um, You can also start to think about reconnecting with school peers before they head back if they haven't had any contact either. Feeling connected is a really key piece for looking forward to going back to school, and that can definitely make the transition so much easier. So looking at how can we start reconnecting with friends they have already if they haven't maintained contact through through the summer. We also want to be really proactive and help help our kids strengthen their growth mindset, you know, especially once they're in school. So last week I was really talking about managing the the worries, the back to school worries and how we can stretch out of our comfort zones and be really resilient. But now we can be looking at some of the growth mindset too. So highlighting the efforts that they're, they're putting into things as they're doing things. So it's, you know, part of all of life. It's not just on your math homework, right? It's not just when things get tough in school. That growth mindset is even when you're trying to get up on your skis, water skis, or when you're trying to learn to ride your bike for the first time or whatever else is going on. So I've talked about it in the past. I love starting a mistake of the day if you haven't already done that, where as a family, you're talking about your mistakes of the day and what you've learned from it. Right. And if it's appropriate, what you're going to do now or what you're going to do next time, if if there is going to be a next time, for example. So we're looking at those as learning opportunities. That's what they are. Right. They just need to start thinking about it. So if they're doing their chores, right, highlight how much effort that they're putting into their chores. Don't nitpick if they didn't do it exactly or they didn't do the job you would have done. Right. It can be so easy to nitpick all of those things. At least initially, yes, we can get pickier, but at first we just, when we're building that growth mindset, we really want to focus on the effort. We want to encourage them to take on new challenges. Like I said last week, get out of their comfort zone, give them puzzles or hard tasks to do, and they have to work through the frustration that comes with it when they don't get it right away. We want to practice these things. We want to build routines around these type of things. Doing something hard every day is good for your kiddos to do. Something hard that could be, you know, initiating a social interaction or going to the Circle K to get a Slurpee, or it could be doing a hard math worksheet. It doesn't matter what it is just for them. What's hard, what's uncomfortable, building that routine every day. It sets them up proactively for success for the school year with the motivation and a willingness to do those important things and, and, and knowing that those really are learning opportunities. We also want to make sure that we're instilling that love for learning. That's so important, even during the summertime. We want to encourage them to get curious. 
right? Expose them to lots of different topics, lots of different ideas, even educational resources. Yes, even now in the summertime. If you have the means, go to things like museums or science centers, right? Just get those learning juices flowing or even just the library. Do your own science experiments at home. Talk about interesting parts of history. My oldest daughter, she's a history buff, especially when it comes to anything around wars. She loves anything, World War I, World War II, French Revolution, it doesn't even matter. And she's always bringing them up, especially if, if we see something in a movie or you know, even a present day movie, but it's a location or something like that. Whatever topic that they're passionate about. We just got a new puppy, unplanned. Um, but my my youngest, we've been at the cabin and one week we were just here, the two of us, she was creating her own manual. So she was researching how do you train a puppy and specifically the kind of breed that we got. And she started creating her own training manual. She made a training schedule. She's been documenting her training that she's been doing. So she's filming, right? What Whatever she's going to do with it, I'm not sure. So she's reading, she's curating, she's writing. It doesn't matter what the topic is. Just get them curious about something and they're learning about it and then they're sharing it. And we want to model that as well. So maybe having a genius hour where the family, you know, we're digging into whatever it is that we're interested in learning more about, and then we can share it with each other, however that is, you know, maybe set a time at the end of the day and we can talk about it. Or at the end of the week, we can show what we've created or a little presentation or whatever it is. Um, Every night, you know, when we're together as a family, we go and read for a little bit. It's one of our favorite parts of the day. So we're promoting that love for learning. You got to promote that love for learning. It's really going to show through your modeling and setting up these opportunities that are going to help engage their willingness and their drive to keep learning. So that's your job as parents. That's really important. And if you're a professional working with families, that's something that we want to help parents do and encourage parents to do. If you're an educator, we want to help parents, you know, do all of those things too. There's also little things that we could be doing, like getting all the school supplies that can help kids get motivated. They can pick their own, you know, colored notebooks that they want and all of those kinds of things. Thinking about too, setting up a quiet, well-lit study area where they can focus on doing their schoolwork, right? Maybe they can decorate that little area. Again, it's creating the space. We're going to be creating habits around it. So um, get getting them involved in all of that can be really helpful. Um, we can start to talk to our our kiddo about um, what their plan is for doing studying or for doing homework. Think about that now, and maybe they can use this space as part of their learning time, right? Um, get them to help create a system for organizing things. It could be organizing any assignments or, the, or their school-related papers. Maybe there's things that you could start getting organized now, Um Maybe it's about compiling a bunch of ideas for lunch or for snacks. Maybe they're researching that. So then you just have it there. You're not scrambling for what to get. We just have things put together already. So that could be really helpful. Every kiddo, every family, I mean, they, y'all have your own needs. Every kiddo has their own strengths, their own challenges. So we're going to think about what is it that my family needs? What is it that my kids need? What have we struggled with in the past? What has my kiddo struggled with, whether it's going to school or, you know, managing different things? If, if it's time management, 
right? Maybe it's getting them to now predict how long they think it takes them to do things. Maybe predict how long it takes them to ride a bike to the park or to get dressed in the morning or to eat their breakfast. And then write down how long it actually took them, right? So they can start seeing how accurate their predictions are. And that helps them start to build their time sense, right? And then we can start incorporating different time management strategies in. So we just got to think about what is it that my kiddo struggles with? What can we start implementing now just to build those skills or automatize routines so it becomes easier when we're actually going back to school? We don't want to wait, right? The first day of school. Um, And I think that that's important. I will be talking about different things as we go back into school as well. So I will leave it there. I was going to talk about connecting with the school, but I'll leave it there for a future episode. And um, I will have other skills. I've got a couple of guests, um, guest experts who are coming on. We'll be talking a little bit about things like time management and perfectionism, performance anxiety, just to help our kiddos be successful as they go back to school. And then I'll also be talking about different routines once we're in school. But right now, start thinking about those things that are challenging during the school year so that you can start working on one thing. Start with one thing. You build your success feeling like you're helping your kiddo build that skill and they're building their success around that as well. Definitely check out my back to school guides. Last week, I introduced my um, back to school worries, managing those worries going back to school. And I have another guide as well, looking at some of those routines that we could be working on just to help them make that transition back to school. So enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for joining me today. Help those kiddos be bold and courageous. And I will see you next time. (laughs) 